Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, the show designed to help make middle age your prime time of life by defying the notion that once you reach 40, 50, or even 60 years old, your crowning achievements are all behind you. Regardless of whether you're just approaching 40 or are firmly entrenched in your middle years, it's time to launch your very own personal journey toward a joyful and purpose-filled second half of life. Each week, host Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, will discuss the challenges common to middle age and help guide you to a brighter tomorrow. Now, here's Roy. Well, like me, I'll bet you've been advised time and again to balance your personal life and career. Heck, several times in the past, guests have offered that advice on our program. Well, here's a shock. My next guest, business coach and consultant, Paula Black, is here to tell us why work-life balance never works. You know, when I think about it over my 30-plus year business career, I see where she's coming from because when I had jobs I loved, like I do now, my whole life seemed bright, including evenings and weekends with a wife and kids. On the other hand, when my career sagged, my life as a husband and father wasn't so great, and I didn't have a lot of fun with myself either, and I most certainly couldn't leave my workplace frustrations at the office door. But here's some good news. Paula Black reminds that at whereas you can't compartmentalize your life, you can learn to work it so that career and personal life exist in harmony, and she's here with some suggestions on how to achieve that harmony. And before I introduce her, here's her background. Paula Black delivers results-driven development solutions through her Miami, Florida-based agency, Paula Black & Associates. And for nearly 30 years, she's advised lawyers, accountants, financial advisors, real estate professionals, small business owners, and folks like you and me on maximizing results while finding harmony among work, family, and play. And she's author of several books in her Little Black Book series, including her recently launched audio book, A Lawyer's Guide to Creating Life, Not Just a Living. And hello, Paula Black. Welcome to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age. Well, I am delighted to be here because I believe it is exactly the best time. <laughs> Good for you. Well, on your website, uh, paulablack.com, you reveal that you love travel, cooking, music, and the movies, but your number one passion is your work. How do you manage to balance all those endeavors and still have time to sleep? <laughs> I don't sleep much, but uh, <laughs> I I really love what I'm doing. And so if it's something you love, you know, as the old uh, saying goes, you know, find what you love and you never have to work a day in your life. That yeah. really is is true. And it all meshes into to one, uh, depending on what you're passionate about. You might find movies that are like are, are feed that passion. Yeah. You might find concerts that feed that passion. So it's all one one life. Well, have you always been that harmonious, or did it only occur in recent years? And if uh, only recently, what was the turning point where love of work and love of life all came together? Was there one special time when that happened? or? Uh... Well, sort of. Um, I've always been of the mentality that, um, you know, loving what you do, and I have always pursued things that I love. Uh, and at one point, about maybe about 25 years ago, um, I started my agency, a branding and positioning agency, 
and I had 30 employees and, and, you know, it was thriving and I worked for clients like the New York Times and Burger King and MGM and Cosmo and, you know, the list goes on. But there came a day when I thought, I'm just burned out and what do I want to do next or do I, am I burned out? All those questions and... I came into work one day, and I put my hand on the doorknob, and the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I looked up, and my name was on the door. And I said, oh, my God, I can't even walk in and quit. (laughs) And so now what do I do? And I went back to my desk, and I thought, am I burned out? What, What is this? And I decided to uh, take a look at what I do every day and ask the question, do I like it? Do I love it? Do I hate it? (laughs) And primarily look for the things I love. Yeah. So few of us do that uh, when we have a job, too. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right. And when you can figure out what you love about your job or wherever you are, and you're excited uh, on your way to see a client or you're excited when you get ready to do a report or a presentation or something, then put all those things together and see how you can work doing those things. Yeah. And sometimes it can't, it, it, it can't be so um, uh, Pollyanna. Uh, well, you always have unpleasant things that come up right. that you have to deal with. Yes, but when you have more that are pleasant, the better off you are. Yeah, that's right. And you delegate the things that aren't pleasant. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Well, here's a situation all too common in middle age. Throughout our late uh, 20s and 30s, maybe you put maximum effort into your your career. But now that you're over 40, whether whether or not you're still on the so-called fast track, success somehow feels empty. How would you advise a client no longer looking forward to the job on how to recapture the joy of living? I guess what you just said may have a lot to do with it. You know, start asking what you like about it and what you don't. Right. And also, there's, a, there's another uh, big element here is how are you defining what you're doing? Yeah. So you're in the middle of your 40s, and how are you defining that? Are you defining it as, oh, I'm getting old, or <laughs> I'm hitting my stride, yeah. or you're defining it as same old, same old, or <laughs> new things to learn? Yeah. Or well, that's, that's such a such a vast difference in mm-hmm. what your outlook is on on the future. Right. <laughs> The present and the future, the same old, same old versus what new can I learn or how can I uh, grow right. in this career. That, right. that makes so much sense. And how can I find something new and exciting within this position that I have today? And if you can't, life is too short. Go for look sure. for what it is that's going to light your fire and that's going to make you jump out of bed in the morning because you're so excited about the things that you're getting ready to do. And I meet those kinds of people every day, every day that are excited about what they're doing, learning new things. And it's not easy, uh, but having this passion for what you do, you know, 
I really look at what I'm doing today as my calling. I know that I was born to do this yeah. because of all the joy that it gives me, and I could, I could coach from 7 a.m. to 12 midnight and not lose my energy and be excited and, and enthusiastic and, and help each person. And that's kind of the definition. Could you do it all day and be happy? Yeah, I like how you uh, talk on your website about uh, finding your own personal North Star. I guess the North Star is really what your destiny or what, like you say, you Mm -hmm. really feel like what you were uh, born to do. Right, right. And and when you find that, then you look at how it interrelates to your entire life. Yeah. I never work with a client uh, without looking at how does our business development and career goals overlay your personal life. Yeah, that's so and important. You can't ignore the he, two, like you say. No, and, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes people compartmentalize and have it, you know, their their personal life over here and to, to the far left and the business life to the far right and don't plan how they're to interrelate. And so if you don't plan that, for instance, you know, I have a client that we were talking about her, her career and what she wanted to do, and, and one of the things she was thinking about uh, pursuing is becoming the managing partner of her, her satellite office. Yeah. And when she realized, who's, gonna, who's going to pay the price for that additional work? Her daughter. Her yeah. daughter. Because, right, it's not like, you know, she gets to take half of her her work off her plate uh, and and do the management half the time. No, it's in addition she would take on the management. You you look at, uh, well, that's very prestigious to be managing partner, but what does that really add to my life? And is that really, are all those added responsibilities of, uh, you know, discipline and uh, supervising oversight, uh, really what I want <laughs> as opposed right. to being a great lawyer or whatever professional you right. are. <laughs> right. And the That's minute she, she got that idea, she said, of course not. No, 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 that's not what I want. Yeah. Because she hadn't, she hadn't combined the two, the two thoughts. It was look at my, my business life over here in one compartment and my personal life here in another compartment. Yeah, that's so true. But they well, another, can't. Uh, another common challenge in middle age is the courage to challenge our comfort zone. Whether or not fully satisfied with where we are today, uh, it's often so unnerving when we find ourselves out of it and we immediately mm-hmm. tend to try to crawl back in. As you point out, complacency sucks the oxygen out of our dreams, courage, and compassion. In general, how do you inspire clients to overcome fear, lack of experience, and to take more chances to move out of that comfort zone? It's, it's not easy. And it's not easy because that comfort zone we're so entrenched in. And so we we really try to to change our thinking to to go back to what were you thinking about when you started your career? What were your your dreams and aspirations? 
Uh, what did you think about when you got this job? What did you think it was going to be? <laughs> and what did you think you wanted in, in terms of having your family part of what it is you're pursuing on an ongoing basis to provide food on the table? Yeah. And when you when you really consider those questions, a lot comes up. Like, oh, man, I really thought this was going to be a creative job, and now I realize it's all administrative. <laughs> or I thought I was going to be, you know, the vice president by now, and I'm not. Or any of those things that get uncovered, but it's not an easy task to um, – uh, to pull back the 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 um, uh, leaves of those past aspirations because they get kind of buried. Yeah. So I say go off, you know, have a kind of zen afternoon or listen to music or do something that just allows your creative soul to come out and revisit those things. Yeah, I and always encourage people to take a mental vacation if it's possible, and maybe not a physical vacation, but get away yeah. from whatever the challenge is that particular day and, and think about what you really want to be doing, what your real talents are, and why you got into this in the first place, and whether it's fulfilling your needs mm-hmm. now. And, right. Uh, from and, your experience, and those... do you find that uh, most of your clients are able to stay in their uh, – present occupation or uh, practice and, and modify it, or to most, uh, more often they have to leave and, and start something totally new. Uh, that's always a challenge that everyone has. Yeah. I, I think it's, it, it's about 50-50. I, I think that, that uh, a lot of times we find that, there's j- that one has just gotten into a rut and just yeah. going through the motions. And so we can breathe life into it, and they can love the one they're with, right? Yeah. And yeah. That's, that's really doable. Um, but sometimes the situation is unbearable. And sometimes oh, it's, yeah. you know, I have a dream here, and if I don't get about doing it now, it's going to pass me by. And one day I'm going to wake up and say, I should have, or what would have happened had I done it. Yeah, there's nothing worse than I should have or I could have been and all these awful thoughts you have on retirement. (laughs) Right, exactly. And most often what what is um, holding someone back is the fear of failure, the fear of not knowing enough, the fear of not being in the right position, the fear of not knowing enough people. So all those fears that that we tell ourselves and most often they're not real at all. That's and for sure. They may we're have so worried when we were little kids or whatever in our subconscious. Right. <laughs> These right. What are people gonna think? <laughs> yeah. yeah, well people aren't thinking about you. <laughs> they're not thinking about you. Yeah, and that's when that's we, what so many people fail to realize is the number one thought in anyone's mind is themselves rather than the you. <laughs> Right, exactly. Uh, Sarah Blakely, the the founder of Spanx, uh, talks about her fear of of flying and her fear of speaking, which she does all the time. But she has a fear that's much bigger than the fear of flying and the fear of speaking, and that's the fear of regret. 
So it pushes her to do those things that we might hold back, we might pull back. That's and kind of a good fear regret. to have, isn't it? The fear of yes, regret. Yes. <laughs> if you right. haven't had the regret so, yet. <laughs> right. Ex- exactly. Exactly. And when we look back at our, our life, there are many times that no matter who you are, no matter how successful or not successful you are, there are things that you would look back and at and say, oh, wow, I should have turned left. I should have stood up, or I should have volunteered, or I should have taken another class. But so that only makes sense if you're using it as a guide to your future, not if you're sitting around moping what you did. Exactly. Wrong. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And sitting around moping gets you nowhere. No, and if that's right, if that's your mo, you got to find a really good friend or spouse or relative that's going to smack you around and say, "Enough, stop it." Yeah. Well, let's stop talk it. a bit about your newly launched audio book. The title is "A Lawyer's Guide to Creating a Life, Not Just a Living." Is your audio book intended strictly for attorneys, or can other professionals like accountants, financial advisors, real estate pros? Yeah, even professionals working in a large corporation or small business owners, can they also benefit from it? Absolutely. Absolutely. It just happens to be that the people I interviewed happen to practice law. But it's all about life and life's decisions and um, ambition and growth and fear and courage. And that's motivation for all of us, no matter pretty much what your profession. Us, well, I noticed yes. that the author of your new audio book is Paula Black and Friends. Your book is, in fact, a compilation of, uh, I think it's 26 voices from a broad spectrum yes. of uh, lawyers. What's the central theme of your book? I guess you sort of just said. but uh. Yes, it's, it's how, what was your path to success, and what did you discover along the way? And you know, uh, uh, all uh, ranges of professionals. So uh, some uh, people who just uh, are in the first stage of their careers. Oh. Uh, I have uh, judges and and um, lawyers that work for big firms and small firms and solos. So there's a lot of 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 entrepreneurial thinking. There's a lot of you know, sort of corporate thinking, like how you manage through through an organization, oh. and what what are you confronted with that you had an aha moment about? Yeah, that's, those aha moments are wonderful. <laughs> yeah, they lead to the right, uh, yeah, ultimately the right decision. Yeah, and I think what everyone. Um, uh, really illustrates is thinking that there is another step, thinking that there is another avenue, and being able to look at it in an optimistic way and not listen to naysayers that are always saying, oh, you can't do that, or this won't work, and that's a, you know, being able to say, I, I, I think there's a path over here. I just love and I may, what you just said. There is another step. If all of us had that view in mind, there'd be so much less depression and uh, you know being yeah. stuck and uh, frustration. And uh, there is another step. I love that. 
Yes. Well, yes. Uh, we're asking our listeners go to preview and purchase your brand new audio book, uh, Creating a Life. They can go to my website, uh, paulo.com. And for your That's listeners. paulablack.com is your name then. Yes, exactly. paulablack.com. And I would like to offer your listeners a free download of the audio book. Oh, great. And if they go to the website and click on Buy Now, uh, you will be prompted um, uh, for with a promo code and use promo code 380. And it will be with my compliments. Oh, great. Well, that sounds like a really good thing. I'm sure a lot of our listeners will want to go to that. You also, I noticed, offer a complimentary 30-minute coaching session that does that you also go to your website to uh, sign up for that or uh... yes you can just shoot me an email off of my website and um give me a little idea of what you're grappling with and i would love to talk to you well that sounds wonderful well to conclude as we so often emphasize on this program it definitely is possible to thrive in your practice small business or occupation contributing value to others spending each day doing what you love, and all the while having a great life outside of work, and know you don't have to compromise career, relationships, or the joy of living while achieving this grand harmony between work, family, and play. You and I can have both a thriving work day combined with personal joy, fulfillment, and the pleasure of living all along the way. And whether or not you're an attorney or even a professional with a practice, I recommend you check out Paula Black's new audio book and her whole series of little black books. And uh, I'm sure you'll find inspiration, big ideas, and a practical guidance uh, to professional success or career success in harmony with joyful living. And thanks a million, uh, Paula Black, for inspiring us here today. It's been my pleasure, Roy. As we approach autumn, for those of us with teenage daughters, or for that matter, sons about to leave home for the first time, it's a time of parting and of new beginnings, and this next segment is dedicated to you moms out there about to say goodbye to your teen, and I know it's somewhat different for you dads, but I suggest you listen in also, and many of you will be helping pack the car, then moving your beloved daughter or son to their new home, the college dormitory, and for some of you it may be moving to the military barracks or an apartment across town or across country, but that move can happen any time of the year, so today we'll concentrate on those leaving for their first year of college, and of course, if your son or daughter is a sophomore, junior, or senior, you've been through this parting before, but it's still kind of difficult, and uh, if this is your first time or your youngest child, your feelings can be all over the map, and uh, with some uh, recollections and suggestions for this time of parting, I've invited back one of our favorite guests, Colleen O'Grady. And she was last on our program November 6, 2017. And to refresh your memory, Colleen is a licensed marriage and family therapist, life coach, popular speaker, and workshop leader. And she specializes in helping mothers of teenage daughters, offering hope, encouragement, and practical advice.
advice to moms all around the world, and she's creator of the Power Your Parenting Training Program designed to help transfer, uh, to transfer negative family drama into a healthy, fun, and loving connection with your teenage daughter. And she's author of the acclaimed 2015 book, Dial Down the Drama. And hello, Colleen, and welcome back. I'm so glad to be back. I really um, enjoy our interviews. So well, I, remind, thank you. To remind our audience that you've been there and done that, you went through this parting yourself a few years back when your teenage daughter left for college. Tell us a bit about that. Well, yes. Um, well, it's so interesting to know, have information, because I've been a marriage and family therapist for a long time. Yeah like a couple decades, but it's one thing to know the information and go through it yourself. Yeah, the theory is much different (laughs) than the practice, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so so there's so many feelings, and that's why I I wrote an article called It's Complicated, because you can be all over the map. I, I, I talk about this kind of unruly committee in my head that was... All over the place. But yeah, in the article, you said you had two major meltdowns. It felt like death, and then it felt like it was right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think here's the good news for the, the moms out there. If it's hard, that's actually a good sign. Yeah. Like if, if you're, like, kicking them out the door and you're like, that's great, <laughs> it's, <laughs> that, may, that may mean there's not much of a connection. Oh. But um, – but yeah, I mean, I goodness, yeah. So yeah, part of me felt like there's a part of me dying, and uh, it felt wrong, and then it felt right, and then I was excited for her. I was excited for me. I, I was sad. I was relieved. It was it, it, everything. I had every emotion under the sun. In that e-zine article you mentioned, you give three reasons why saying goodbye to your daughter is so complicated. And if we could, I'd briefly like to touch on each of the three. And the first reason you say it's complicated because there are things you will miss and things you definitely won't miss. <laughs> and it's fairly obvious. Can you please give us a few of each? Yes, yes. It's just so true. Um, yeah, I like like listening to moms and knowing, you know, the same for myself. Yeah. Like you, a lot of the things you're going to miss are really just the little daily connections with your daughter. Yeah, yeah. So, so some people said like the excitement, the energy and laughter that my daughter brings into my home, or you know, just hanging out in the kitchen and catching up on the day. Um, yeah, I like that spontaneous trips to Whole Foods or going out to lunch <laughs> with your daughter. Yeah, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the thing I love that that was actually from my own life because oh. my daughter would be like, um, you know, busy, busy, and then like, okay, let's go. Yeah. And I love that. I love those times. And yeah, it keeps you, also, said, you said it keeps you from being too busy all the time <laughs> and working yeah, hard. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's true. Like it's like my daughter was kind of my chill pill. I mean, yeah. I I could get working and working and working, and she'd come and we just relax and play with the dog. And those are you know times that I definitely yeah. miss. Another thing I personally loved was uh, our daughter was active in soccer and also in drama, and just uh, watching their activities and being involved in those were so fun. When they yeah. Yes. 
Well, what are yeah. some of the things we're not going to miss? Like name <laughs> myself. <laughs> well, I, like yeah, if we had a like a conference call, I think every every mom in here um, or dad could list something. Yeah. But um, I think I think I think like I should do the top ten things that you're not you're going to miss. But I think one of the uh, the number one I think that I hear so often, and I know I've experienced it, is just not worrying about curfew. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. like, like you want to go to bed at like ten thirty because you, you know, you've got to get up in the morning and yeah. you're, the curfew's at midnight. So then you're staying up and then you're stressed and she's late or or he's late. So you're not going to miss that. Yeah, I um, like when you say when she goes out worrying where she's at and who she's with. And I can recall a time my wife Lori and I drove throughout a portion of Des Moines North Side looking for a a house where my daughter was supposed to be having a party, but we couldn't find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's always iffy because they change their plans. And so it's like it's really hard to relax yeah, when they're out sure because so you're not going to miss that. Um, you're definitely, you know, not going to miss um, the towels on the floor, the messy <laughs> room. Yeah, even in college, our daughter had a horribly messy <laughs> dorm room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, or like trying to get them to do chores, and then you know just having to stay on them to do that. All, yeah. all that monitoring that you have to do as a mom, you definitely probably won't miss that. Yeah, and then there's those mood swings that teenagers have. <laughs> Yeah, their entitlement of um, threatening, treating mom like the chauffeur, the the uh, butler, or the banker. (laughs) Right, right. And I've had mom say, "Is like I, she treats me like I'm her personal assistant." Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. So yeah, the the all those times, moms, that you go in her room and and she's in a you know she's in a foul mood and you try to cheer her up and then she ends up turning on you. You won't miss that. that, I can remember times like that so much. Well, the second reason you list is you're saying goodbye to a work in progress. What do you mean by that? I thought, you know, by the time they're uh, 18 and graduate high school, they're pretty much, they consider themselves an adult anyway, but but you say they're not really. (laughs) I know, I know. You know, I I kind of joke, joke about the book I'm not going to write, but I'm, I might may end up writing it is you know all the new neuroscience where they say that it takes up to the age of 25 and wow. they say in males it takes longer for <laughs> their brain for, sure. <laughs> <laughs> to, for their brains to be fully developed and what that means is that prefrontal cortex and what that means is their ability to see cause and effect yeah. to um to think about long-term consequences the ability to kind of control their impulses. Yeah. So they they still have risky behavior in college or, yeah. you know, something looks really fun and that doesn't look fun. Um, they might go with the fun. Yeah. So, so, yes, so that, so what I say is that, you know, I mean, kids go to college under the age of 25. Yeah. And so, so, you know, and every parent especially not especially but well moms are sometimes so in the weeds and they know every little detail but you know exactly where you know where your child is vulnerable 
yeah. and where they could stumble. You know that. Yeah, I like when you said, how can I let my daughter go to college if she's not responsible enough to, and then you fill in the blanks. <laughs> right, right. I actually, I had a client this morning. So I've, I've heard many answers to that with over the years when, with my moms. Yeah. But the, my client this morning was, um, that her daughter was supposed to get an inspection sticker for oh. her car. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's had like the whole entire summer to get it. Yeah. And like the night before, she tries to get it and then, you know, can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think probably every parent could fill in the blank of that. Well, let's move on to the third reason. It's complicated because it's unknown territory. And what are some of the obvious questions or issues and, and challenges that come to mind? I know one that comes to my mind is with all the talk of date rape and other things on campuses these days, obviously you're concerned about her safety when she goes off. But what are some of the other things that come to mind that Yes, yeah, so all the fears come up, and, yeah. the, you know, the fears of, yeah, is she going to be safe, or is he going to be safe, um, yeah. and, but also about, um, I think moms stress a lot about the relationship, Oh yeah. like, will my daughter, are, are we going to be close, um, is she going to forget about me, yeah. and, and for those who are, you know, going to college across country, yeah. Then they can find some people up there and never come home. So there's a real uncertainty about what's going to happen with that relationship. Yeah, that's that's true. And, and it, it, even you mentioned that how will this affect my relationship with other members of the family? That the, especially if you have other children or you're going to be alone with your husband or wife. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, I have, a, I have a mom who has four daughters, and the older daughter kind of is kind of a like a pseudo parent to the three siblings and so all the the younger daughters are kind of off yeah kind of off that's kilter a good, that's a good point um yeah so it, that changes and and another thing i think i think for moms that it's it's like we have spent so much energy making sure that our daughters or sons are going to have good experiences, but then we're not thinking about what's next for us. Yeah, I was just going to get into that. And in the yeah. end of your uh, easy article, you assure your moms that this not only is a great opportunity for your daughter, but also a great opportunity for you. Can you give a bit of advice to moms on, uh, of departing daughters and sons? What are a few potential opportunities ahead to fill in all that time and energy that was formerly dedicated to your teen. Yes. Well, this is abstract, and I'll, I'll get more practical. But yeah. um, so my client this morning, and I experienced, you know, this even, you know, with my own daughter, yeah. is she was so relieved because her daughter FaceTimed her. She just dropped her off at college, and she could see how happy her daughter is. Oh, and she goes, I'm so relieved she's so happy. And I said, yeah, we worry, 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 but we don't worry as as parents sometimes and moms is about our own happiness. Yeah. So that is a great place to start. How can I be happy? Yeah. I've been focusing on everybody else, but like today, what could I do? What have I been kind of neglecting that would make me happy? And that could be just... Like simple things like, okay, you know, 
I don't have any excuses of why I can't exercise, or I could go see my friend for lunch. Or I can read a um, book I've always wanted to read, or whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I can read a book. I can learn. You can learn a new skill, or yeah. you could start a blog, or you could, you know, go on your have your own adventure. Yeah. You know, you and your husband haven't been able to take a trip. Well, here's your opportunity. Yeah, we found that was really great. But the, well, you not only experienced departure, but you also. Uh, through your daughter's time away at college. And what's your advice to moms while your daughter is away at school? How best can they stay in touch and, uh, you know, assure they're safe and they're making academic process but not uh, and growing up but not be uh, meddlesome and turn the daughter off? <laughs> what's the happy medium in that? Oh, I know. I know. I know. It, it, it It's gray for sure. But um, I, I was telling a mom this morning, and she asked me the same question. And it's sometimes it's just staying in touch with like simple things, like um, like you and your your daughter, especially sons, maybe less so. But you have kind of your inside jokes, yeah. and so you can you can send a picture of you know um, you know something that she would understand why that's an inside joke. Yeah, that's a good question. Or, um, you know, you know, my daughter loves the dogs, and so um, I'll take a silly picture of the dog. <laughs> yeah, that's always a good, good thing to get a few chuckles. And then often, often then, that can sometimes, that's like, that's like throwing bait into the water, because... <laughs> Hopefully sharks won't show up. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But when they have some time, and they'll start texting back, and then you can have a little texting thing back and forth. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Another another thing that I think um, that I told this mom this morning, and she said, "I thank you so much for telling me that." Is I said make make a for those who especially you know have kids obviously going out of town, but yeah. make a date where you're, you know, when you're going to visit. Oh yeah. So it's like, you know, that my, this mom made, um, you know, it was like mid September oh. and, and she said that really helped her say goodbye. And she said, and she told her daughter, I'm going to be back up in this in here. And, yeah, you know, I know that great. you won't have all time, but we could go to lunch or dinner. And so yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, like set a date like that. Well, let's talk a bit about your uh, all the services you offer. I notice you have a great offer on your uh, website. Uh, dial down the dr- drama triple pack. What does that pack contain, <laughs> and how can our listeners get one? It, it really is. Yeah, a great offer yeah. Oh, it sounds great. Yes, I love to help moms have amazing relationships with their teenage daughters. And and this and then moms will say, well, my sons, and this is good for teenage sons too. Yeah. So if you go to my website, ColleenOGrady.com, and that's C-O, two L's, two N, two E's. Two N's. Two E's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two E's. So Colleen, two L's, two E's, O'Grady, so all one word, and you get to my website, it, and you sign up, sign up for the Dial Down the Drama Triple Pack. Yeah, you get it's for it's free. There's some great resources, and um, you get a free chapter from my award-winning book, Dial Down the Drama: Reducing yeah. Conflict. You get um, a, another free ebook that I've written, and you get 
uh, a, sub- a subscription to my e-zine where I have articles that are relevant to what you're going through. And you would and it's have seen that free. article we just were talking about because that's on this month's issue of that. I know. I <laughs> yes, yes. So um, I really invite every mom to, you know, sign up and visit my website. I have podcasts. I have blogs. I have a lot of things that can be really helpful. And you have um, this great seven-week program, Power Your Parenting, How to uh, Reconnect with Your Teenage Daughter and Reclaim Your Life. I know some people may want to sign up for that. Yes, yes. Well, if they if you sign up um, for... Uh, my triple pack. Then on the in the easings and the articles, I'll let you know about that program. Cool, great. Um, and I, I do I do have to say about my book. It took me my my book, the award winning book, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing yeah. Conflict by Harper Collins. Um, it I wrote it. It took me four years to write. Wow. And I had been a marriage and family therapist, you know, for like 15, 16 years when my daughter turned 11, I had my own kind of hit-the-wall crisis with her. And this book is <laughs> – yes. So this book is how – years start. Yes, yes. And this book is how I turned it around, and it's it's helped moms literally from all over the world. So I would encourage you to, to check that out. The book's on Amazon. And um, – I say that because it I mean writing a book is is a it's a service it's it's yeah. um it's because I love people and I want to help and so um so check that out and if you sign up you get to see my sample chapter and see if if that resonates with you. Well that's great. Well several years ago my own daughter was preparing to leave for college after several years of very difficult teenage drama. And throughout her teenage years, she'd been a terror, very independent, demanding, often highly disrespectful of her mom and me, and things had to be her way, and we'd better accommodate her wishes. Well, guess what? Things got a lot better after she went away to college, some 600 miles away from here, and then she went on to become a successful Navy pilot, and even though we saw very little of our daughter Kristen face-to-face while she was in school, we routinely kept in touch and our daughter grew up and became increasingly more loving and respectful of both of us as she journeyed through college. And my wife, Gloria, and I still look back fondly on her college years. So if your teenage daughter or son is about to leave home, look on the bright side. Great days lie ahead. And on the contrary, if you or a dear friend still have several years ahead with a teenage daughter at home or a son at home, I highly recommend you visit uh, com, the website we just talked about, sign up for that triple pack and including that e-zine and all the other great stuff, the free chapters of the book. And thanks a million, Colleen O'Grady, for visiting with us today. You're so welcome. I really enjoyed it. And best of success with helping ease the strain of those teenage years. And tune in <laughs> next week when our guests will suggest how you and I can avoid becoming and feeling like the low man or low woman on the totem pole. And that's it for now. Talk to you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Middle Age Can Be Your Best Age, hosted by Roy Richards, an expert on midlife renewal and author of both A Midlife Challenge, Wake Up, and Wake Up, Captain and Crew, Restart Your Engines. You can learn more about Roy and his middle age 
Age Renewal Training System by visiting his website, middleagerenewal.com. 